0: Lesson number 196, Surah an ayah number 27 to 44. Now what happened? When Sulaiman alayhi salam, he hears this from the bird, Qala he said, سَنَنظُرُ We will see. أَصَدَقْتَ? أ, whether صَدَقْتَ? You have been truthful. أَمْ كُنْتَ? Or you have been al الْكَاذِبِينَ of those who lie. Sulaiman alayhi salam does not confirm, does not accept this explanation that the bird has given, nor does he deny outright. He doesn't say, oh, okay, so where are they? How many are they? He doesn't take any interest in it. He doesn't get upset by the fact that he didn't know about them. Right? He doesn't confirm, and he doesn't even deny. He doesn't say, oh, stop lying, and stop making up the story just to save yourself. No. We will find out ourselves. We will investigate whether you are truthful, or you're making this up, or you're lying. He doesn't make a hasty decision. Now, this is exactly what we should do also. That especially when a person is in a position of authority, if a situation, if a case is brought forth, then don't make a decision until and unless you have heard both sides of the story. Don't believe, you know, one version that that has been reported to you, that has been narrated to you with tears or with excitement. No, don't confirm, don't deny unless you've heard the other side of the story. So Sulaiman a.s. doesn't confirm what the bird has told him unless he finds out for himself. And how does he find out? He says, Idhab, go. kitabi with my kitab. Kitab over here gives the meaning of maktub, that which is written. All right, Not book, but over here it means letter. So take my letter, هذا this. So Sulaiman a.s. wrote a letter. To who? Addressed to the queen. هذا this Then throw meaning deliver alqi alqi means you throw you deliver and ha at the end is a pronoun it meaning the letter so deliver this letter ilayhim to them summa then tawalla anhum you turn from them meaning you leave them you stay on the side but don't go away don't come back فانظر, then look, ماذا يَرْجِعُونَ ماذا What is that which يَرْجِعُونَ They return. Meaning, how is it that they return to each other? In other words, what do they discuss amongst themselves? What do they respond to us with? See what their reaction is, in other words. Alright? Now, Sulaiman ﷺ could have sent the letter with somebody else. Huh? But why does he send the letter with the bird? Why? Because the bird is the one who? gave this news. And Sulaiman salam is testing whether the bird was truthful or not. Correct? And then we see that based on the reaction that he will receive from the letter, Sulaiman salam will know whether this kingdom even exists. You understand? So, إذ هب فألقه إليهم ثم عنهم فانظر ماذا يرجعون. See what their reaction is. The bird exactly. The bird couldn't just make something up in response to the letter. Alright? Now notice over here. Sulaiman alayhi salam hears about this nation. What is his concern? He sends a letter to them. Now in the letter, of course, is a message. The letter of a prophet. Think about the letters that the Prophet sent to the different nations. What were they? Invitations to? Islam. Sulaiman alayhi salam, when he finds out about this nation, what is his concern? Their Islam. When we meet someone, what is our concern? Our dunya, generally. Hmm? We are more concerned about ourselves than we are concerned about other people. Sulaiman salam, when he finds out about them, he wants to do da'wah to them. Qalat. Now what happened? The hudhud went and delivered the letter. When it delivered the letter, the queen read it. And when the queen read the letter, she didn't just keep it to herself. What did she do? Qalat, she said, Ya ayyuhal mala'. O eminent ones. So she shares the letter with her council. Inni, indeed I, ulqiya ilayya. It has been delivered to me. What has been delivered to me? Kitabun Karim. A kitab, meaning a letter that is kareem, noble. Now, a letter is noble because the one sending it is noble. You know, for instance, if a letter has been sent by a king, it's a royal letter, right? So the one sending it is noble. Is that the case over here? Of course, Sulaiman, who was he? A king. Likewise, a letter is noble because of its content, its message, right? Another reason why a letter is noble is because it's sealed with a royal seal, meaning it is authentic. This is why. People said that whoever sends a letter to somebody, but they don't sign it off, they don't put their seal, their stamp meaning their name on it, they don't sign it off properly, then they have humiliated the person whom they have sent the letter to. You understand? Like an anonymous letter. Okay? This is in a way insulting the other person. That you're not even worth as much as this, that I should tell you that I am the sender. All Alright? So, please, when we do leave notes for other people, hmm? emails also, don't create anonymous accounts. Alright? With very strange names, Facebook accounts and God knows what, and then just haunting other people and sending them email after email, disturbing them. Especially text messages. I mean, we get numbers of other people from others, and then we send text messages without even mentioning our name. And if the other person asks, who are you? We say, guess who? (laughs) I receive a lot of such messages. And you know what I do? I don't reply. I don't reply. Because if you cannot do as much as tell me who you are, I'm sorry, I'm not entertaining any message like that. And then if it's really important, what you have to tell me, then you will tell me who you are. Hmm? So this is necessary. It's disrespectful so she says that kitabun karim a noble letter has been delivered to me now what do we see over here the queen what is she doing she's sharing the letter and also its content with who with her council even though she is the queen can she keep it to herself for sure she can keep the letter to herself can she respond to it herself privately for sure she can does she need to consult Her people? No, she doesn't. Because she has that authority, that power. She can manage this all by herself. But what is the reason behind sharing this with her council, with her people? What's the benefit? You see, it concerned them also. This was a matter of the kingdom which concerned the people who lived in that kingdom. So this is why she doesn't keep this knowledge to herself. She shares it with them. And then she consults them that how is it that we should respond later on as you will see in the ayat. Why? Because this is a matter that concerns them. And this is perhaps the reason why she was their queen even though she is a woman. Hmm? That Why is it that her people respected her so much and they appointed her as their queen and they have accepted her leadership don't take this as, oh, that means that a Muslim woman can be a president and all of that. We're not discussing that. We're discussing the fact that she was in a position of authority, ruling over men. How? How? She won their hearts. She won their hearts. And how is it that she did that? By taking their shura. By consulting them. Just like the Prophet ﷺ, he was instructed, whom? Now this doesn't mean that on every little thing We start consulting other people The Prophet ﷺ didn't consult people On every every single matter Many times In fact most of the time When the Prophet ﷺ took the sahaba for an expedition He would just tell them we're going Come And the sahaba wouldn't know where they were going They would not know where they were going The Prophet ﷺ would not tell them Because if he did the news would spread The enemy would know And of course the Prophet ﷺ Whatever plan he had would fail right so this is why he kept some things as private information and some things he made public through consultation and this kind of wisdom is necessary because if we over consult that is a problem and if we don't consult at all that is also a problem innahu she says indeed it meaning this letter is min suleiman it is from suleiman who is Sulayman? now she knows he is the king Wa and indeed it is Bismillah Rahmanir Rahim. It is it begins with what? The name of Allah who is the most merciful, the especially merciful. What do we see over here? That the queen knows who the sender is. Sulaiman he says, Innahu Min Sulaiman. Min Sulaiman from Sulaiman comes first. And then Bismillah. You understand? Min Sulaiman first and then Bismillah. What's the reason? How come in the letter Bismillah was not first? Why? Why is it that he put his name first? For the purpose of knowing, right? Identification. Because if the queen read Bismillah ir-Rahman, she would say, Oh, who is this Allah? And what is Al-Rahman? And what is Al-Rahim? She would get angry and agitated. But when she reads, Oh, this is from Sulaiman, that great king, now she's giving the due attention. The letter. And then when she will read Bismillahir rahmanir Rahim, she will also accept that. The Prophet, وسلم, even when he had important documents written, and when he sent letters to the kings, what is it that he wrote at the top? Had written at the top, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. The Treaty of Hudaybiyyah. The Prophet dictated that it should be written Bismillahir rahmanir Rahim. And Suhail bin Amr, who at that time was a non-Muslim, he said that. No, we don't accept this. We don't accept Ar-Rahman. Hm? So he had a change to, Bismiq Only Allah. Not Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. But what we learn from this is that it is prophetic etiquette that when you write an important document, when you send a letter, this noble statement should be mentioned at the beginning. Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Allah. That not. Ta'lu. You be haughty. Alayya against me, with me. wa'tuni and come to me, Muslimin, as ones in submission. Ta'alu from Ain Lamawu. Ulu. Allah ta'alu meaning do not rise up against me. Do not rise up against me. Instead, come to me in submission, meaning as Muslims, those who have surrendered to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, this means that the letter was not very long. Right? There was no, oh, your, your honor and you're this and you're that and praising them and praising her beauty and whatnot. No. Nothing like that. The letter is straight to the point, concise. And this is how the Prophet spoke. Briefly and eloquently. The Prophets of Allah were men of few and powerful words. So, Allah ta'lu علي wa'tuni muslimin. Qalat, she said. She said to her people, Ya ayyuhal mala, O eminent ones, aftuni, advise me. Aftuni from Ifta fatwa. What is fatwa? A solution, right? To a complicated situation, a complicated matter. That you don't know what to do, so you seek a verdict. And that verdict is meant to be a solution. But are you forced to accept it? No. So aftuni, you give fatwa to me, meaning you advise me. You tell me what I should do. Fi amri in my affair, meaning this matter, you advise me give your input because ma kuntu i am not going to qati'atan conclude one who concludes one who decides amran affair matter hatta tashhaduni until you are witness for me qati'atan amran qati'a from the root letters qatr. what does qatr mean to cut now when you cut something like for example, you have a huge piece of meat. Alright? You have the option of cutting it into, you know, like long pieces. Like for example for stir-fry. Or in cubes. Right? Once you cut it, then the matter is decided. Isn't it? Once you cut it into cubes, then you can't turn it into stir-fry meat. Hmm? Once you turn it into stir-fry size, you can't turn it into you know, meat that can be put on skewers. Once you've cut it, you've decided it. This is why before you cut it, you better know what you're doing. Isn't it? Because then you cannot reverse. So قَاطِعَةً أَمْرًا قَطْعُ amr is to decide something. Final decision concerning something. Alright? to appoint one Amr, leaving all other options. So I am not going to decide this matter until and unless Tashhaduni, you are a witness for me. Meaning you are part of this decision making. You have to put your share. I'm not doing this myself. Amazing. A queen is saying this to her council. She's taking their shura and this is the reason why she has their support because people who take who consult others then what happens they have supporters and people who decide things by themselves then they are left alone they are left alone and you will see this even in your family even in your family that if for example you want to do something right for instance you want to you know study a particular course you just make up your mind yourself and you're like you know what by the way fyi i'm doing this Are you going to get support from your family? Not at all. But if you say, Dad, I really want to study this course. What do you think? Do you think I can do it? And he says, yeah, for sure. Why not? For example, you get his support. right? And then, of course, you need to be dropped off and picked up. Is he going to help you then? And if you don't consult him at all, you decide on your own, and then you say, Dad, I have to go. Please drop me. He's like, no, I can't. I'm busy right now. And then is it going to lead to a fight, an argument? Yes, it will. Even something as small as preparing food. When you consult other people, take their input, you know, they are part of the process, they will accept it. Recently I was reading this article that, why is it that children these days are so picky when it comes to food? Why are they so picky? Because first of all, they don't even know where food has come from. They have no idea what food is. No idea. Because it's just prepared and put in front of them. Right? They just have to do the eating. When it comes to cooking, or picking the food, or buying the food, or growing the food, they have no idea how this works. So they just look at the final product, they don't like it, they leave it. So once they are part of the process, and this is what they suggest now, that when it comes to even groceries, take your children along with you. When it comes to preparing food, have them wash the vegetables, have them cut. You know, get those knives that are safe for children and include them in this. This is something very small. I mean, think about it. If your mother still buys clothes for you, do you disagree with her choices sometimes? For sure. She'll buy a pair of pajamas for you, you'll never touch them. Why? Because the print is horrible. Even in bed, you're never going to wear it. You don't like it. Right? But if you have bought those pajamas with her, you chose one color instead of the other. She took your suggestion, your input. Are you gonna be more excited to wear those pajamas? Yeah, so much so that you'll even wear the, your pajamas under your abaya, Right? So, this woman is amazing. She takes her shura and she insists, you must give me your opinion. I am not making a decision except with your input. قَالُوا, they said, Nahnu, we are, Ulukuwatin. قُوَّةٍ We are possessors of strength. We are powerful people. Wa ulu and possessors of basin shadid, bas military might, and shadid severe, meaning we are strong people and we know how to fight. We are hardy in war. We are great warriors. We are brave and firm in battle. Wal amru ilayk, but the command is yours, meaning the final judgment rests with you. Fanzuri so look. And this ya at the end is for female. Fanzuri So look, مَاذَا What is that? تَأْمُرِين You order. تَأْمُرِين Again the يَانُون at the end is for female. What is it that you order? What is it that you command? What is the council saying? We are at your service. If you want us to fight against Suleiman, we can do that. But if you don't want to fight, that is also something that we will accept. Now, what do we see? This nation is no ordinary nation people who are you know hardy in war in battle but still as a woman she is ruling over them and they give their suggestion indirectly that you know we should go fight and they say that if you want us to fight we can fight we are capable of doing that but it's up to you whatever you decide we will do that qalat she said innal muluk indeed kings plural of malik muluk is a plural of malik kings إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرْيَةً when they enter a city when they enter a town a population what do they do afsaduha they ruin it they destroy it afsadu from afsada fasad to corrupt cause decay if a king attacks a city what is he going to do to that city he will ruin it he will destroy it wajalu And they make a'izata ahliha, a'izata, honored ones, plural of the word aziz. The honored people, ahliha, its inhabitants, meaning the people who are honorable in that city, the wealthy, people with power, people of some authority, they are made into adillah, those who are humbled, plural of dhalil, humiliated. Why? Because they're the main targets, right? Aren't they the main targets? People, for example, in the government, people in any government position, or people in the army, or people in the air force, so much so that even their relatives are, you know, they become targets. وَكَذَلِكَ يَفْعَلُونَ And that is what they do. History is a testament to that. This is a fact. Now, over here we see that the queen, she doesn't know who she's dealing with, right? She doesn't know who Sulaiman is, meaning how much power he has, how strong he is. So she's very wise in what she's saying. That even though her people are willing to fight, right? but what does she say? That the outcome of war is never pleasant. It's never pleasant. It's never beautiful. So she wants to avoid war. Why? Because war, what does it do? It ruins lives. It ruins businesses. It ruins families. Livelihood. It's traumatizing. Traumatizing in every respect. This is why we see that when the Prophet ﷺ went to Mecca to do Umrah, and the mushrikeen didn't allow that, and instead they came outside the city, they sent a group of their people armed with weapons, basically it was an invitation to fight. The Prophet ﷺ, he avoided confrontation. He avoided war. He did his best to avoid war, and that's exactly what happened. Easily a war could have broken out, but the Prophet ﷺ did not like that option. Because first of all, they had gone for Umrah. And secondly, war had consumed both parties. I mean, up to that point, so many battles had been fought. So war, the outcome of that is never beautiful. So we see that the queen is inclining towards sulh, towards some kind of compromise, even though that is difficult. I mean, she is basically being told, Sulaiman's message was, that you come, all right, and you should be under my rule. You understand? you should be under my rule. So either you come willingly, or we will come and fight you. Alright? Now, firstly, we may wonder, why did Sulaiman ﷺ even do that? Why didn't he just let them live? Because you see, Sulaiman ﷺ was a prophet of Allah. Alright? And a prophet of Allah is not just to live his own personal life or his own happy life with his believers and followers. He is supposed to take that message to who? The rest of the people. So because he was in a position of honor, in a royal position, this is why he invited a queen to Islam. This was not an invitation to war. I mean, if you look at the letters that the Prophet ﷺ also sent, what was the message? Accept Islam. Right. That was the main message. But what happened? Those who refused to accept Islam, they killed the emissaries of Rasulullah wasallam, And because of that reason, one battle broke out, which led to another battle, which led to another battle. And gradually, gradually, what happened? Muslims, they conquered Persia, they conquered Rome and, and all of that. The empire expanded. Right? So that's exactly what Sulaiman alaihissalam was hinting towards. That either you can accept Islam, come, we'll discuss about it. And if you don't want to do that, then it might lead to war and bloodshed. This was basically a threat. And he could make that threat. Now, what happened? The queen, she is inclining towards discussion and sulh. Alright? She is inclining towards that. She doesn't want to go to war immediately. Because the outcome of war is always bad. So she says, inni indeed I, مُرُسِلَةٌ إِلَيْهِمْ I'm going to send to them. بِهَدِيَّةٍ with a gift. I'm going to send a gift to them. So she wants to test Sulaiman a.s. That is, he just an arrogant king who wants to expand his kingdom? Or does he really have a message for us, a religion for us? Is he really a prophet? So she is testing him. So I am going to send to them a gift. Hadiyah is a gift. فنغرتun, then I'm going to look at bima with what? yarjiu He returns. Al الْمُرْسَلُونَ The messengers. Meaning those whom I send with the gift to Sulaiman a.s. Let me see what response they bring back. And then based on the response, we will make our decision. Either we will go and speak to them and discuss, or we're gonna fight them. So she wants to know who Sulaiman really is. What is his strength? So basically, she's sending some spies over there. Okay? She's sending her people with gifts, her delegation with gifts. But the real purpose over here is to know How mighty is Sulaiman a.s. What's the size of his army? What's the size of his empire? What is his strength? So she wants to know who he really is. And based on that, she will decide whether to fight him or not fight him. But in this was an added benefit also. And what was that? That by sending a gift, she would know what kind of a man Sulaiman a.s. is. Greedy for power? Or really a prophet? So basically, if he's a king, he will accept the gift. And if he's a prophet he will reject it. You understand? If he's a king greedy for money and power, he will accept the gift. And if he is more than just a king, then he is not going to be satisfied with the gifts that I send him. You understand? He's gonna want more than just gifts. And which is why he's gonna reject the gifts, and he's gonna be firm about what he's demanded from us. This is something easy to understand. It's just as if you really want something very specific. For instance, you want to be with a friend of yours. You say that I want to go dinner with you. Hmm? And she says, "Um, I'm busy, I can't really go. And she makes excuses one after the other. right? And instead she sends you a very nice flowery message. What are you going to say? I don't want your messages... Huh? I want your time. You understand? Now if you're just someone who's craving attention, will you be happy with that flowery message? You'll be happy because you're just craving attention. Okay, it's not her time, I got her nice message. Every day I get a nice message, a flowery message. But if it's not attention that you're craving, you want the person. You understand? You want the person, you want their time, you want their company then what are you going to insist on? What are you going to insist on? Their time. Their company. Right? So this is what the queen is doing. She's testing Sulaiman a.s. فَلَمَّا ja'a He came to Sulaiman. Who came to Sulaiman? The delegation of the queen. The emissaries of the queen. When they came with all the gifts, قَالَ Sulaiman salam said, أَتُمِدُّونَنِي uh, You are providing me from imdad, mim dal dal, right? Madda, to extend. Imdad is to give reinforcements, to provide basically. So are you providing me bimalin with money, with wealth? You're giving me wealth? Fama, but then that which atani Allahu, Allah has given me, khayrun is better, mimma than that which ataakum He has given you. In other words, I have money already. Allah has already given me plenty. I have no need of your wealth. Bal antum. Rather you are. Bihadiyatikum. With your gift, tafrahoon, you rejoice. Meaning, I have no need of such a gift. It is only people of the world who rejoice when they receive a gift. Meaning people whose goal is dunya, when they receive a worldly gift, yes, they get very happy with it and they forget their purpose. So they get deceived by these gifts. And I'm not one of those people. So Sulaiman salam made it clear that he had no need of this bribe. Alright? I am in no need of this bribe. Hmm? Why? Because I already have money. The purpose of my letter the purpose of my da'wah was not to take over your lands and to take over your money. No, the purpose was something else. And what is that? Islam. So you can keep your money to yourself, you can keep your gifts with you, I have no need of that. Alright. Now, the delegation of the queen, when they went to deliver all these gifts and this conversation that they had with Sulaiman ﷺ, in this time, they had a good look at the kingdom of Sulaiman ﷺ. They understood who they were dealing with. Sulaiman ﷺ was not just a king, an ordinary king. He ruled over the jinn. I mean, he had birds, armies of birds. Okay? This was something amazing. So, they went back to the queen with all of this information. That firstly, gifts have been rejected. He doesn't want money. There's something else. That is his goal and that is his message, his darwa. And secondly, there's no way we can fight him. There's no way we can fight him. Can you imagine fighting a jinn army? <laughs> like seriously. Can you imagine fighting a bird army? No winning over there. Right? Now, just something before we continue, that Sulaiman salam, he was offered a gift. And he rejected the gift. Huh? Why did he reject it? Because it wasn't just a gift, it was a bribe. Hmm? Now, money can very easily put people in fitna. It can very easily make people quiet, make people greedy, you know, make people change the truth, change the facts, very easily. People can be persuaded to leave what they believe in. How? With money. You know, for example, if there's a very serious case and there's some witnesses, and if those witnesses are broad, then the guilt will be established, and those witnesses are told by the criminal party that, you know, we'll give you this much money. Just don't show up. Doesn't it happen? Don't you see this in movies? Huh? Bribing judges, bribing witnesses, this is something so common. People know the truth, but just because they've been given a good financial big gift, they will not support the truth anymore. Likewise, it happens with people who have knowledge of the deen. Sometimes they are paid to change the deen. And this is the reason why we see that scholars of the past, when they were offered to accept a position of authority, they refused. Because they were basically being bought. You know, Imam Malik, he was abused, tortured, because he refused to give a certain fatwa. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal even he was persecuted because he refused to change his opinion on something right so you know a person really has to be careful when gifts are given to them when money is given to them it should not change us it should not corrupt us so Sulaiman alayhi he he's not affected by the gift irji' ilayhim he says go back to them go back home he says to the delegation of the queen, go back home. We will definitely come to them. بجنودin, with armies. La biha. La not قِبل. Any power? La for them, biha for it. Meaning we will bring such armies that you will not be able to face. La la basically means that which is in front. That which you're facing, you're fighting, you're dealing with. Alright? And قِبَل is also used for power, ability. La قِبَلَ لَهُ means he has no power over it. He will be unable to resist it. So in other words, they will have no power to match our armies. It's definitely a lose-lose situation for them. وَلَنُخْرِجَنَّهُمْ And we will expel them. Minha فَمِدْ أَذِلَّةً As those who are humiliated. وَهُمْ صَاغِرُونَ And they will be debased. This is basically a threat. Salaiman so alayhi is saying that okay. If you don't want to discuss the message that I sent to you, then fine. If you want to fight, go ahead. But remember that if you dare to fight us, then this is what the result is going to be. Recitation of
1: these ayat. <laughs> اذهب بكتابي هذا فالقه اليهم ثم تول عنهم ثم تول عنهم فانظر ماذا يرجعون قالت يا ايها الملأ ان كتاب كريم، إنه من سليمان، وإنه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. ألا ones علي ايها الملأ افتوني في امري ما كنتم قاطعه امرا حتى تشهدون قالوا نحن الولو قوه والو باس شديد والامر اليك فانظري ماذا تأمرين قالت إن الملوك إذا دخلوا قرية أفسدوها وجعلوا أعزّ أهلها أذلا، وكذلك يفعلون. وَإِنِّي مُرْسِلَةٌ إِلَيْهِمْ بِهَدِيَّةٍ فَنَاظِرَةٌ بِمَا يَرْجِعُ الْمُرْسَلُونَ فَلَمَّا جَاءَ سُلَيْمَانَ قَالَ أَتُمِدُّونَنِ بِمَالٍ فَمَا آتَانِيَ اللَّهُ خَيْرٌ ما آتَانِيَ اللَّهُ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا آتَاكُمْ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ بِهَدِيَتِكُمْ تَفْرَحُونَ يرجع اليهم فلناتينهم بجنود لا قبل لهم بها ولنخرجنهم ولنخرجنهم منها اذله وهم
0: صاغرون